as we all await to be dis- surprised by Demarcus Riddick's non-commitment to Alabama on Wednesday, let's uh, go ahead and get back into Jimmy Stein's countdown. What do you say about that? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, I really screwed up that beginning, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, just like uh, we're going to screw up by not getting to Marcus Riddick Wednesday, but we'll talk about that later. We don't know it yet. We don't know. Go ahead. It's training camp, so, uh, you know, it's training camp. It's not football season, so it's okay that you're not in game shape just yet. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, your countdown some more, though, today. First of all, thank you for making us your first listen. Appreciate that so much. Um, let's start off with Jam on it, Miller. Uh, I, I've taken, he's gone from Jamarian to Jam, now to Jam on it. People may not remember the hit single Jam on it by Nucleus, but I do. It's one of the best, most underrated rap songs of all time. Fight your mama on that one. But, uh, Jam Miller, one of, uh, I mean, he's a crowd favorite. And look here, Jimmy, I found this picture. Does that not look exactly like Bobby Humphrey? I mean, it's not just the number 26. Like, that looks like Bobby Humphrey running the football. I'm sure that's partly uh, partly number 26 as to why we uh, we feel that way. But, uh, you know, Jam's a really good player. Uh, I think we all got a glimpse last season in his true freshman season. He was really just playing garbage time snaps. Uh, he didn't really play a ton with the first team, maybe a little bit. But – you know, you had Jameer Gibbs, you had Jace McClellan, you had Roy Dell Williams. I think Justice Haynes and uh, and Richard Young are going to see the same situation this fall, where they're the new guys. They have a lot to learn. Uh, initially, they're going to be behind the others. Uh, but Jan Miller is now a little bit of a veteran. He's been in the program for a year, uh, really showed out this spring. He's a different back than Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams, uh, a little more powerful. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he runs big. He's a better inside runner. He's going to be much better at moving the chains than uh, than Jace. To me, he's sort of in the middle, right? He's sort of a little bit of Jace in terms of his speed and burst, but he's also a little bit of Roy Dell Williams, who's a tougher back inside. So I think Jam's a good good kind of combo of those two. I think we're going to see a ton of Jam. I, I know that the fans are super excited about Justice Haynes. It's always the shiny new freshman toy that gets everybody excited the most. But uh, but let me tell you, Justice is going to have to go through Jam Miller to get carries. And uh, I, I think Jam's going to be a big part of things this fall. And it might be a situation where his touches look a little different in November than they do in September. Because I think initially you're going to go with Jason Roy Dell, right? I mean, the veterans that have played, uh, they're both good players. There's no doubt Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams are good players. But, uh, you know, I, I do think as the season moves along, Jan Miller and Justice Haynes both will cut into their carries and and maybe by the end of the year be the be, you know, running back one and running back two. Um, I just don't dismiss Jace. I, I think Jace is a little underrated by the fan base in terms of how good uh, he is. But nevertheless, hey, uh, you know, if you don't have a Bobby Humphrey that you <laughs> mentioned to earlier, if you don't have a running back like that, 
the next best thing is to have a committee of uh, highly capable backs. Alabama has that at minimum. And uh, I'm just excited about the group as a whole to say nothing of, of Jam Miller, who may prove to be the most gifted of the bunch. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm also with you on your Jace Miller, uh, Jace McClellan take. Uh, as you know, I talked to a friend of mine today with some connections, and he actually talked about how, look, um, everybody's talking about Justice Haynes, rightfully so. The first thing he said was he feels pretty good about all five running backs playing at least early until we get a feel for what's going to happen. I mean, that includes Richard Young, Jam Miller, Jace, Roydell, and uh, Justice. So what a collection of names, by the way. That's awesome. Um, but he said Jace McClellan has been looking at this like a like a contract year. Like this is – here's a chance for him to really step it up and, and in workouts and – uh, just an overall team attitude. He's picked it up a notch. So there's a, a little bit of scoop too. You know, I know one person who likes Jace McClellan a lot. Now, nothing serious. I'm not spoiling anything here because you know nothing's been announced or will be for months. But I do know from comments that he's made publicly and, and elsewhere. But but Jim Nagy from, with the Senior Bowl liked Jace McClellan a ton, and uh, people might be a little surprised to hear that. But let's remember, in modern football, and by modern I mean you know post 2000. In modern football, the running back position and the senior bowl don't mix well, right? Because you have to be a senior to play in the senior bowl. And as we all know, most running backs with a pulse that have any chance of playing in the NFL already leave after their junior years. Most running back. Now, Alabama's been fortunate, and Alabama's had a lot of good ones that have played senior years, like Brian Robinson, Najee Harris, and now Jace McClellan. But See, I, I would include Jace with those other guys because Jace is a very talented kid for a senior running back. I don't think you're going to see him on many lists of, hey, here's one of the top 10 or 12 running backs in the country, but I'll guarantee you you'll see him on a list of here's the best senior running backs in the country. Jace listed as a senior uh, in year four at Alabama, so he'll be eligible uh, for the Senior Bowl in January. Uh, I just have a personal expectation of, of he will be invited there even if he loses out, carries – to, uh, to Justice Haynes and Jam Miller. Uh, Jace is a good player, and uh, I think he does have a pro future. Probably not a first-round type pick, to be honest, but but I think he his, his ceiling is day two. And uh, he's such a good receiver out of the backfield, Luke. I think it could happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many running backs are day one guys anymore. I mean, this is pretty doggone rare. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll take a chance on the Saquon Barkley, but they're worried that, Unfortunately, that'll be a Trent Richardson, and um, you know, run it. There, there's all this talk in the in uh, NFL circles right now about running backs are extremely upset about the contracts they're getting, which it's understandable. But it's become all this platoon stuff, which makes me wonder if you're a running back, if you're like a a, a pretty doggone good running back, would you start entertaining the idea of moving to linebacker or something like that? Yeah, it's a little bit of a funny conversation, you know, uh, I know this is locked on BAM and not locked on NFL, but by far the most interesting development in my mind in the NFL in the past seven days was a Zoom call between all of the premier running backs in the NFL apparently got on a Zoom call, all of them. I'm talking about Derrick Henry, Saquon Barton, not just the Alabama guys. A lot of premier NFL running backs got on a Zoom call with representatives from the NFLPA, and it's almost like they're forming a union within their union. You know, I mean, they're like, hey, hey, I know y'all represent the union as a whole, but but we feel as a position we're getting hosed here. And y'all y'all or somebody has to stand up for us because as a group, 
we don't like how we're treated. And boy, wouldn't that be something if on, uh, you know, a week before the season, every employed running back in the NFL went, you know what, we're not playing anymore. Uh, now that's not going to happen, but it is unprecedented to my knowledge, Luke, that players from multiple, if not all 32 teams, got on a Zoom call that was position specific, complaining to the NFLPA that, wait, we, we, don't, we don't like how we're being treated by management. And I, I understand it, but I also think it's, it might be the reality of the sport in 2023. Speaking of reality, if you're getting real about car parts, then you know you got to go check out eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that part will fit or your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On the next Locked on Bama, we'll be, you know, right back in Jimmy's uh, wheelhouse with his countdown. And we're going to continue said countdown right now with one number 50 in your program, number one in your heart. That's Tim Smith. Uh, actually, that's not him. That's him. Tim Smith seen here wearing a child's national championship hat. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Tim Smith right there, number 50. And uh, looking good, man. Yeah, you know, Tim, uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me, talking about Tim Smith, I've ranked him 17th on the team, you know, as the 17th best player on this roster going into 2023. And maybe that might be high for some folks is like, wait a minute, Tim Smith hadn't done a whole a whole lot yet to justify that ranking. So this is a bit of a projection. But one thing I've noticed over the past several years at Nick Saban's Alabama, uh, not every year, it's not like you can set your watch to it, but most years, an older defensive lineman, who's been a contributing player, who's been playing in his final year at Alabama, the light really comes on. Some, uh, some uh, you know, Byron Young is, was like that maybe in his last two seasons at Alabama. Phil Mathis was like that, uh, get, you know, moving all the way up to a day two selection. Christian Barmore was like that in his final year at Alabama. So a lot of older defensive linemen have taken that next and final step they needed to prove to the NFL, really, that they're quality NFL players. And I'm not saying Tim Smith is going to all of a sudden in front of our eyes blossom into a first-round pick or anything like that. But I do think Tim Smith has shown enough to this point where we can be really optimistic that this year's defensive lineman that's going to really move to the next level for us is number 50. Tim Smith uh, played right away as a freshman. Uh, played more as a sophomore last year, was a regular starter. You know, the knock on him really is just consistency. I would say about almost once a game, he plays a lot of snaps, and maybe once a game you go, wow, nice, Tim Smith, that was good, right? But you're saying it once a game or, or, or twice a game at the most. And, and sometimes he's just out there and he's all right, but uh, he's not really impactful. Uh, he can be. He can be. We've seen the flashes, but – Hey, it's common for the big guys that play in the trenches. It's common. It's a developmental sport. Most of them are not Quinn and Williams, who got dramatically better 
from one year to the next. Most of them just take one step of progression in the way. And I think Tim Smith is just one step away from being a high quality, maybe second team, all SEC type, maybe a third round pick. Uh, but hey, the third round pick in the NFL draft's a good player, your top 100 player. You know, one of the things I say all the time about the draft that's funny to me and fans in terms of how fans view things, when we're recruiting a top 100 prospect nationally, some kid that's ranked, you know, 78th in the country, uh, but, but, you know, he's in the top 100. As fans, we're, we can't wait to sign that guy. We get, we get like, wow, what a prospect. He's number 78 in the whole country. We've got to sign that guy. And then we have players that come to Alabama and they cycle out of the program and they're projected third round picks, which would go, you know, right around the, the 78th best NFL prospects to go in the third round. And as fans, we go, yeah, well, he was okay. I mean, that, that, that just doesn't make any sense. You know, you want them to cycle in top 100. And if they leave top 100, that's really good. So uh, I think Tim Smith kind of fits that profile. He was a top 100 recruit when he, when he got here. Uh, I think he can be a top 100 guy when he leaves. Uh, that, I, but it's going to take one more step in his progression. He hasn't been a third-round pick yet, but I think he can be. Yeah, I, honestly, Jimmy, I'm glad you said at the very beginning. feels like that's high. Um, not high in terms of expectation. I, I think that we as fans believe Tim Smith has all this talent. I mean, I think it was – what, two or three years ago, he made one play that opened everybody's eyes. I can't even remember what game it was. It wasn't a – It, it was a – uh, I remember fourth down play against Ole Miss. That's it what it Bryant was. Denny. It's been Bryant Denny, and it was Ole Miss, like, first or second possession, and they're driving, and, hey, it's going to be a ball game. It was Lane Kiffin's uh, bring, hope you brought your popcorn game when Lane That's said, right. you know, hey, bring your popcorn, and then uh, Alabama starts immediately kicking his butt. Well, in that first or second possession, they drove down the field, had a fourth and one at about Alabama's 15-yard line, and uh, they went for it with a run and play, and Tim Smith just blew it up. And, and that sort of led to an onslaught of good things for Alabama. And, and that's a great – hey, look, if you can make that play against that opponent in that situation, you're a good player. He's just got to learn as he ages that, hey, this is the, this is the effort for, for – for, you know, all 40 of the 50 snaps you play uh, and, and not just uh, consistently flash, not just inconsistently flash. Yeah, and I, I can see then that's why you'd have him so high if, like, you keep remembering that play. But it, in terms of what's actually been brought to the table, um, I do feel like that's high. But, again, hey, it's your list. If I want a list, I'm going to do it. Anyway. Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to jump right into Seth McLaughlin. There's got to be another way to say that. And we're back. So uh, now I'm going to put up this picture of Seth here. And uh, that's a good picture of him. Um, he doesn't look like Tim Smith at all. And um, <laughs> so you've got him pretty high on this list, too, if you ask me. I mean, look, at we 100% sure Seth's going to start. Uh, I'm, I'm nearly 100% sure. I mean, he, he was a starter, uh, all 15 practices at center. Uh, it was not a situation this spring where they said, okay, Seth, you're gonna be the center. Sometimes Darren, you're going to be the center. Sometimes they looked at some other guys because you got to get somebody ready. Seth could be hurt. He's been injured a uh, part of the last two seasons. So they got other guys that could potentially play there, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident Seth's going to be the every, every game starting center. Uh, he is in year three now. Of, uh, of, of being a center for at least a portion of the season. I won't go over his whole his whole career looking back, but this is the reason I ranked him as high as 16. Again, that might be high for some folks, but 
I look at Seth McLaughlin like, hey, the next progression for him, and, and I think he's slightly more on track than Tim Smith for this. That's why I have him one slot ahead of Tim Smith. Uh, the next progression for Seth is just being, performing like an all-SEC player, and I think he's close. I, I think he's he, he was good this spring. Again, he's in year four. This will be his third year starting games at center. Real smart kid, hard worker, the typical stereotypical blue-collar center. But this is why I really like him in terms of why I think he might be heading towards all SEC. I, I doubt few notice this, but last year when he finally won the position for good, and it took about six games into the season before him and Darian Dalcourt were splitting snaps, Darian got hurt again, Seth was put in, and he started the last eight games. Even though Dalcourt came back, even though Dalcourt could have played because he was healthy enough to play, it was just Seth's spot for the final eight games. And in those eight games that Seth McLaughlin started to end last season, Luke, four of those eight games, he was named a staff player of the week. He actually led the offensive lineman in being named staff player of the week, not Tyler Booker, not JC Latham. It was Seth McLaughlin. And he did it in four of his eight starts. So, and he came into this spring with like, Hey, are you going to be splitting time with Darren Dalcourt again? No, Seth was a first team center practice one all the way through practice 15. And again, you know, with the starters on a day. So he's a fourth year guy, uh, very experienced, very smart. Uh, I would say the most interesting thing to me about Seth Luke is, and we'll be discussing this a whole heck of a lot in November. He'll have a really interesting COVID decision to make because even though he's listed as a senior on the roster and this will be his third year as a starter. And I'm sure the NFL is going to give him a long look this year as every starter at Alabama gets uh, I think Seth could probably use another year of strength and size gains because that's always been the knock on Seth is, okay, how big is he? How strong is he? Another year could help that. I won't be shocked if Seth McLaughlin, even though listed as a senior, returns in 2024, uh, elects to use that COVID year and actually plays a fifth year. If he does, Luke, he'll be starting. He'll be a starter for a fourth year. That's very uh, rare in the Saban era because most kids that start three years, they're all in the NFL, right? So uh, it'll be rare interesting if Seth returns. It's right. rare for any era in, in the last 20 years, I'd say. Anybody, Correct. anything, right? Um, Correct. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, two things. First of all, so then all right, with McLaughlin here, um, we haven't done J.C. Latham yet. Obviously, he's still to come on the countdown. He could be number one for all I know. Um He's up there. And then uh, I don't know who else. Uh, along the offensive Tyler line, Booker. have we done everybody but him? We have not gotten to uh, Tyler Booker. Tyler Booker. Uh, okay. So Seth is the third highest ranked offensive lineman on the uh, countdown. Uh, Booker and J.C. Latham are to come at some point. Let's not give it away. This is an Oppenheimer-level suspense story. <laughs> uh, so then what is your starting offensive line from left to right uh, I think game one against Middle Tennessee, it's going to be Elijah Pritchett at left tackle, Darren Dalcourt at left guard, Seth at center, Tyler Booker at right guard, and J.C. Latham at right tackle. And I think by midseason, Caden Proctor will be the left tackle, and Elijah Pritchett will be one of the better sixth men uh, in, in the league. I just think Proctor, the superstar freshman from Iowa, is just going to be too good to keep out of the lineup. And uh, as soon as the staff deems him ready – Probably Elijah to the bench, maybe Dalcourt. Uh, that would take a position change for, for probably Pritchett, unless they want to elevate 
TJ Ferguson, who's another guy who could could make yeah. a run at the starting five. But but no, I, I think those will be the five for Middle Tennessee, and at some point Proctor takes over. Maybe Proctor beats out Pritchett in fall camp. That that could happen. I, it's just my experience is that with true freshmen, most of the time there will be exceptions. Most of the time, it's going to take a game or two before they become starters. Now, uh, I think Caleb Downs is going to be out there, play one, snap one, but he's a unicorn. So does it worry you at all? I mean, I'm looking at these three, and I know we're in the teens. I don't know exactly where we are on the countdown. You tell me. Uh, we're at uh, Seth McLaughlin is 16, Tim Smith 16. is 17, okay. and Jan so Miller is 18. We're right in the middle of the teens here, um, right in the formative years. And um, so – is, does it worry you at all? Like we're, we're talking about Tim Smith, Seth McLaughlin and um, Jam Miller. And we're all like, I wonder if they're a little high. I mean, yeah, they all right. have this nice potential. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all feel like they've, they've done pretty well, especially when it comes, I would say of this group of this threesome, people are right. probably the highest on Jam Miller. Um, right. But they feel like maybe Tim Smith has the highest ceiling and then Seth, probably the most experienced. I can see that. Uh, what I would say in terms of a negative, like a negative to guys like them being ranked this high, because this is right. I mean, you're, you're once you're well inside the top 22, right? We're talking about guys that are out there with the first team, uh, you know, almost all the snaps. And, and these aren't all-star players yet, although I think Jam Miller can be a superstar. He's just young. He just hadn't had a chance. And I think Tim Smith is, is an NFL player. And I think Seth McLaughlin will end his career at Alabama as, as, as sort of a second team, all sec guy, which is pretty good. So they're all good, but you know, in terms of, of, of the negative or where I would go negative is, you know, I've said this before and this is kind of hard to follow, but I, I don't think one through 22, this is one of Saban's best teams, to be honest, or at least in terms of how we're looking at it today, Things can change if Jan Miller looks like a first-round pick and he's Saquon Barkley. You know, we might be saying something different, right? But I don't know that one through 22, this team is one of Coach Saban's best. I do think one through 85, it might be his best. The depth on this team, the depth of options and the depth of quality bodies is ridiculously high. But there, there are fewer proven stars going into the season than normal. And I think that's one of the things this countdown that we don't do just to kill the silly season, right? Killing the off season. We do the countdown as a way to, Hey, this is a great way to look at the roster in terms of like Luke was pointing out. I mean, how many offensive linemen are left? You're, you're at 16 or are there any offensive linemen that were ranked higher than the 16th best players on the team? Uh, You know, if you look at that at all 22 positions, you can kind of see where the strengths are, where the weaknesses are, but, uh, but you do see that there is with this group, uh, a lack maybe of uh, of proven stars. Uh, Saban's teams have brought back more year to year than than this particular season. But again, that's just because they're not proven doesn't mean they won't won't be stars. And Jim Miller's an excellent example of that. Uh, we might be looking at him completely different than we look at him right now. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more countdown stuff. Uh, one other thing I want to throw in there, by the way, the NFL is doing that top 100 players in the NFL, and Devontae Smith is number 100. So kudos for him for sneaking in that 100. I wanted to say that when you talked about, you know, when you talk about the top 100 players, you're so excited. He's one of the top 100 players in the NFL. That's a big deal. So it should be celebrated. So anyway, my main man, Devontae Smith, uh, anywho, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back next time with more countdown. Until then, roll tight, everybody.
Roll tap.